Growing a successful design business is hard work. There's so much to do and so little time to get it all done, not to mention the actual design work. The good news is that we are here to help. I'm Krista, the WordPress developer and website strategist from KristaRay.co. And I'm Corey, the designer and creative coach from CoreyWoodard.com. In the Get Back to Design podcast, we're going to share strategies and tools to help streamline and grow your design business, ditch the code and anything else you don't love, and well, get back to design. Grab a cup of coffee, open that Illustrator file you've been working on, and let's dive in. So if you're listening to today's episode, I'm just going to go ahead and guess that you have either partnered with a developer in the past or at least considered it. Um, As our businesses grow just in general, it's important to focus more on tasks we actually love and enjoy doing and less on the tasks that get in the way. So for me, I'm thinking like social media scheduling and like answering emails. But for you guys as designers, working with a developer is such a great way to free up huge chunks of your time in your web design projects, especially if you do custom designs for your clients. But getting the hang of collaborating with a developer takes practice and preparation and some effort. So today we're going to go over five different ways to make sure your next or first developer collaboration goes nice and smoothly. I am so, so happy we are talking about this because I really wanted to start working with a developer way before you and I actually started working together. Um, And there were two things that kept me from doing it. One, it seemed like everyone was going to try to charge my clients double what I was charging them. So I was like, no, this can't happen. And then two, I was really scared of what it would look like to actually work with a developer. And I know we've talked about this in a different episode, but I think some of the things that you have to talk about here today are going to really help ease people who are considering it and are like me. They were scared before they really dove in. So yeah, I think this is going to be a good one. Yeah. So even on top of like understanding the process, there's still a lot more that goes into it. So definitely go back, maybe start with that process episode and come back in here and see how to make that process successful. Because I wish it was like a super easy thing. And sometimes when I don't really think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, no problem. Super easy. But it, I guess it's not. Like I remember when we recorded that episode going through the process, we were both like, holy cow, like that's a lot of stuff. And then on top of that, there are other things that we're going to go over today that you have to keep in mind. So I guess it's not easy, but you guys can totally do it. And it's awesome. So there we go. Well, and two, once you get used to doing it and you've like you and I, I think we didn't realize how much really went into it because it's like, oh, well, we've banged out all these themes for Coded Creative. So now it's like easy peasy. Mm -hmm. But for new people, don't worry. This may be kind of overwhelming, but it's easier once you kind of get the hang of it. Once you get one or two projects out of the way, you're like good to go. Yeah, I guess it's like adding anything to your process, I guess. Like it's confusing and maybe a little scary at first and then you're fine. So don't worry. And these tips will help. So our first, the first thing you want to keep in mind to make sure you have a good collaboration with a developer is to set clear expectations. And this goes really, really strongly for both sides, both you as the designer and the developer you work with. 
So there are probably some things that like come to mind right away, like when the project needs to be completed and like the fact that it needs to look actually like your mock-ups. But there are a lot of other things to keep in mind. So I have a couple of things listed here that you might want to kind of note for next time you go into a collaboration of things you want to talk about before you get started. Um, and the first thing is response time. So first, how quickly do you want your developer to respond to you throughout the project? If you have questions while you're designing or if you want an update while they're developing, how quickly do they need to respond? Make sure you lay that out. And just the same, how quickly are you gonna respond? Um, for me, if I come up with a question when I'm trying to code a website, sometimes I have to like stop, especially if it's near the end of the project. I have to sit and wait until I know the answer before I can continue. So I like to have a 24-hour turnaround time for responses with designers I work with. So you just definitely want to talk to the developer you're working with and see you know, what it should be for each of you. And then also where the communication should take place. So are you going to email back and forth? Are you going to be in Asana? Are you going to like text each other? how are you going to go back and forth? Corey did not like the text idea. It was just an example. Just an example, guys. Yeah, no, don't text each other. No, don't text each other. <laughs> so on top of response time, you also want to have really clear expectations about client communication. So who is going to communicate with your client through different phases of the project? Um, maybe during the design phase, you want to be the one that talks to them. Maybe during development, you pass that communication on to the developer, or maybe you want to communicate with the client the entire time. Um, along with that, um, is your developer going to be copied onto emails with your clients? And if they're not, how are you going to send all that information to them? So if your client gives you a new piece of information that your developer needs, how are you going to remember to pass that information on? And how are you going to do it so it stays like organized and doesn't get missed? And then same, same thing right around client communication. If your developer has a question that needs to go to your client, maybe like what their email marketing login information is or something like that, should they go through you to get that or should they go directly through the client? So definitely take some time to talk about client communication. Think about what your client experience should look like. Do you want them, you know, going back and forth with both of you? Do you want to keep it more streamlined and have them just talking to you? Kind of think of that when you're making this decision. Yeah, and I think this is one of the most important things you can talk to your developer about just because it is the one thing that I think most designers are like scared to release control over. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I don't know if I want the developer talking to my clients. I would rather the client just think it's me doing all this work or, you know, whatever. Um, or just keeping things simple and organized. So definitely make sure that you kind of talk through how you're going to handle that. And while you're talking about, you know, who the client will go to with questions, make sure you're thinking about the response time. You know, when is your developer going to respond to your clients? Not just to you, but to your clients. Mm -hmm. So really important to kind of dive into that. And it may seem overwhelming, but I think what we have found works best for us is for both of us to be in Asana from day one of the project. That way we're both there. We can both kind of see the conversations that are going on, refer back to anything, be available to answer anything, but you may not be okay with that. So just kind of talk through things and don't let that part kind of keep you from working with a developer. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up Asana because most of the time I do not want anything to do with client communication. I just want the designer to handle that. But since we've switched over to Asana and have started using that, like that 
I'm cool with that. Like it is nice for me to be able to go in and see what you have the client and the client have talked about and be able to refer to things and stuff like that. So good point. It probably does depend even on um, the ways you guys are going to communicate as well as what you want for your clients. Well, and two, it might also depend on the project because yeah. I totally spaced. And the pro- last couple of projects we have had have been through Coded Creative. So it was obvious that both of us were on it. It wasn't just me sending this mm-hmm. project to you. So just something else to think about. Yeah, whether or not it's like white labeled or whatever. Yep. All right. So along with those two things, also think about... Um, progress updates. How often do you want updates from your developer on their stage of the project and how often are you going to update them? So I like to, when I'm starting development, I like to just add the designer right to my development site so I don't have to worry about always, you know, having them check in or giving them updates. They can just log in and look. But I do also send weekly updates most of the time too. So just think about what works best for you. Do you want daily updates so you can make sure nothing's falling behind? Do you want no updates because you just want to be hands off during that time? Just make sure that um, both of you agree on that so you're not like sitting there panicking during the project wondering what's going on. And then last, you want to talk about who will take care of training and maintenance for the client. So once you're done with the website, who is going to train your client on how to use it and who is going to handle maintenance moving forward if your client needs help or wants something changed? Who are they going to go through? Do you want to have to manage that or would you rather just have them go straight to your developer? So those are a few things you want to keep in mind. And these are just examples like this is not everything. So I recommend maybe taking notes during your next few projects of things you want to make sure you talk about next time. So if you run into something that isn't clear or isn't going how you want, just take a note of that so you have it to talk about next time and get cleared up so you don't run into the same problems again. So after you have nice, clear expectations set, you want to also think about what is being delivered and when it is being delivered. So here I'm really mostly thinking about like mockups and client content. Um, You want that to be delivered on time and in the correct format because it can totally be the difference of a project being on time or very, very late or even canceled. And it does go for both you and the developer, how when you're going to deliver, you know, your mockups and the content, when your developer is going to deliver the finished website, all of these things matter. So I'm actually going to break down mockups and content here because that's where I've seen the most issues happen in projects I've done. Um, But again, this isn't like exclusive and the only stuff you want to think about, just kind of an example. So for mockups, start by thinking about how your mockups are delivered because that plays a huge part in how closely the finished website is going to match your vision for the website. So for example, I have literally received everything from colorless wireframes to full mockups that look exactly like the final version. Um, I've received them in Photoshop, Illustrator, InDesign, as PNGs, and in InVision. And sometimes they have like no labels and sometimes they have so many labels and groupings that like my head is spinning and I have no idea where to start. So when you are preparing your mockups, remember that your developer is focused on code because they don't know or enjoy design. So that's why you don't want to do what I've had in the past and send wireframes. You want to send 100% complete mockups with things like heading styles, hover effects, all you know the images, everything like that needs to be there if you want it to be perfect. 
Uh, the program you use to create your mockups also has a really big part to play. So my personal favorite is Photoshop, just because I can really easily export things, see the size of different things, measure the distance between items, things like that. Um, and then for me, InVision is a close second with Illustrator being third. Uh, but after doing a couple projects in InDesign and just with PNG images, I don't even accept projects with those anymore. Um, if that's what the mockups are going to be in, I just say, you know, I'm sorry, I can't accept this because I can't do my best work with those things. So just make sure you and your developer talk about what they're comfortable with, what you can design in, and make sure you have, you know, something that you guys can overlap in before you actually book a project. Yeah, and I think this is another really important thing to make sure that you are getting out on the table before you actually agree mm -hmm. to work together and have a contract signed. Because when I was just getting started, I've pretty much always done web design in Illustrator. Can't think of any projects I ever did in Photoshop. But some designers are more comfortable with other programs. So InDesign is not actually made for web design kind of projects. So I'm kind of surprised that awful. <laughs> yeah, designers use that. But that's another topic. Um, and then the developers, I know I was really scared about, okay, well, what do I actually need to send? Because at first, I think I literally could just send you like PNGs or PDFs. Mm -hmm. But after we talked about it a little bit more, it's like, you know, I need to be able to see the size of things. I can't just guess what size the font is, you know, stuff like that. So it's good to know. And not only that, but if you're going to be working with the developer on many, many projects, maybe it's even worth you trying out other design programs to see how you can make it work for you if you can so that you can make things go even more smoothly for your developer and for that kind of handoff process. Yeah, and I'm thinking back to when we did use PNGs, like that was not just your fault either. That was when I was just getting used to collaborating with designers and I was like, yeah, this works, this is fine, you know, but then we both got better at it. I'm like, okay, I could have your mockups and like see the exact, exact font sizes and everything like that. And then the same thing went for that time I got just wireframes. That was my fault. I didn't, you know, I just assumed that all designers do complete mockups. I didn't know that people like literally just presented wireframes and were done. So that was something that I didn't specify. Now I do. But that's why you just want to make sure things are really clear or you might run into things like that. So along with the mockups, you also want to think about the client's actual content that will be going on the website. Um, if you don't require content from your client for your design phase, you can almost guarantee that your developer will want it because otherwise they're going to be stuck redoing work, uploading new content after they're done, which will probably add extra fees to the project or just frustrate them one or the other. Um, and I've even had to recode entire portions of a website based on a client's final images. Um, she didn't have them ready. The designer just went ahead anyways. And the header of each page had a different image with text overlaid. Turned out with the client's final images, a lot of that text went right over her face. So we had to completely redesign and recode those sections, which I charged extra for. The designer didn't because she kind of took a little ownership of that. Um, but it wasn't fun for anybody. The project was done late. I was frustrated. The client was frustrated. We were all frustrated. So if you can have all content before you even start design, that's the best, but it definitely has to be there before the developer gets started. Interrupting the parts of your design projects you love for tasks you don't enjoy doing isn't any fun. For a lot of designers, one of the most frustrating parts of a web design project is the coding and anything else tech related. 
the design comes easy to you, but then you have to spend hours and hours Googling how to make a simple change to the template you're using to make it just right. Luckily, it doesn't have to be this way. In the free Get Back to Design email series, you'll learn all about how to partner up with the developer on your design projects so you can ditch the code and do more of what you love. We'll talk about what to know before going into your first collaboration, what the process looks like, and how to find the perfect developer for you. To learn more about this free series, head over to getbacktodesign.co slash series. So right along this, this is kind of what it seems like all of these points have been about, but next comes communication. And communication, as you've probably already heard, can totally make or break a project, especially when you guys are collaborating on a client project. Um, so be really, really specific when you're explaining things to your developer. We don't really get things like, you know, I don't know, I'm trying to think of certain designy words as one of our past clients would have said. <laughs> um, but just be really detailed and specific with your mockups. Don't assume we're going to like know something that you want to happen or what something should look like if that's not exactly what it looks like. Um, every piece of information needs to be super laid out and clear for your developer. Um, and that includes like information about the project in general. Um, in the past, I was told that a client didn't want to purchase lead pages for a project and that was totally fine, but she wanted a button with a nice looking pop-up. So I was like, all right, I can do this without lead pages. I got Bloom installed on her site. I spent time styling it, making it look nice. I integrated it with her email marketing platform. And then once she saw it a day before we were supposed to do the install, she was mad that it wasn't using lead pages. And I was like, well, I have right here that she didn't want lead pages. Turns out after I had got that information, she changed her mind, told the designer and the designer didn't tell me. So that was a lot of wasted time on my end. So that's why just communication overall in every aspect of the project is so, so important. So this can be tricky though, just to keep everything straight. So I have a couple different options you can try out and it's just gonna be different based on the preferences of you and the developer you work with. Um, but you can try just having a Google Doc with like important notes. So when you get an email from your client or an update from them that you think your developer should know, throw it in a Google Doc. Or maybe you want a Slack channel where you two kind of talk back and forth, have notes, um, ask each other questions. Or maybe you just want to copy your developer onto emails to make sure they don't miss anything. And that's just going to be a preference for you and something you might have to try out. But it's just important that they don't miss any information. Yeah, and I think this is another good one because I know when we were first getting started on the coded creative themes, it's really funny because when I am just doing the development myself, which is not very often because I freaking hate it, I kind of don't mind designing my mock-ups and then when I'm developing things, figure out what color I want the headers to be or mm -hmm. figure out the link color or decide on the hover color for a button while I'm kind of in there doing that. But when you are working with the developer and we noticed this on that fur on those first couple of themes, it was like, well, what did you want the link color to be? Like, what did you want block quotes to look like? What about the hover effect for all these buttons that you have all over the place? So those are the kind of details that you really want to make sure you are including specifically for the mockups. I think you made a really amazing point about lead pages and that is such a headache. Mm -hmm. I don't even want to think about it, <laughs> but it, it is those little details that are in your mock-ups that sometimes 
if you have been doing it all by yourself, you may be fine with, you know, kind of breezing through and making it up as you go along at the development stage, but your developer is not going to know. So I know there were a couple times where you were like, okay, I'm picking a color because you didn't tell me what (laughs) color to put here. So, and they may pick something that's beautiful and perfect and most of the time you do, or sometimes they may pick something and you're like, I don't know what was wrong with you that day, but I hate that. So make sure, yeah. (laughs) So make sure that you are really clear on even those kind of details Mm -hmm. yeah I'm glad you brought that up and that's it's so important and it is frustrating like if some if that kind of stuff isn't included like even though it's simple I always feel like I'm so annoying for having to be like um hey what did you want the link color to be hey what about this button and this button and this like it just feels like we're being pests. So save us that and just include it. And it's it, like, like you said, it's something that if you're used to doing design yourself, like it's, it's just something you're not used to having to do. So it's just something new in your process that you have to get used to. And hopefully it is nice and easy and, you know, doesn't add extra headaches for you. All right. So after all of these communication things, we have something a little different, and that is just understanding how websites work in general. And this might seem like super obvious and like you're rolling your eyes, but you guys would be so surprised that some designers just don't really understand basic websites. So even the very most basic understanding of websites and performance and, you know, the platform you're using will make sure that your design translates to a website without performance issues, display issues, and responsiveness problems. So an example I have for you guys here is that a project I did earlier this year, I got a mock-up for one single page that had three different sliders on it, all of them styled differently, and I needed two different slider plugins. This is a huge performance hit and like something super general you want to avoid. And I told her, you know, like, hey, this is not good. She didn't care at that point, but like, seriously, just understand how websites work, save your developer headaches and save your client headaches. So if you run into anything or you think you're like being super fancy and like reinventing the wheel, just go ahead and ask your developer first to make sure it's like feasible and makes sense and that you're not like kind of being crazy. So just check. Well, and not only that, but I feel like to have three different styled sliders, <laughs> that is definitely like a premium feature that most oh, developers, yeah. especially you, because I know you hate sliders mm-hmm. so much, probably because of that project. Yeah. Um, <laughs> most developers want to know up front about because sometimes those kind of features, you know, they want to charge extra for. Mm-hmm. So kind of think about things like that too at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, and that actually leads us right directly into our next point. We're going to be talking about that. And that is showing your developers your mockups before your clients. So when you get a quote for a project from a developer, they have certain standard features in mind, like with what goes with a blog development project or a website development project. So for example, like we were just talking about, none of my quotes ever include like sliders or image galleries because they take a ton of extra time. Sometimes they take premium plugins. And in general, I just hate sliders, all sliders. They're just the worst. So if you show your client a mock-up and have them approve it, 
and then come to me and there are sliders all over, I'm gonna tell you that those things will be an upcharge or have to be removed. And that is a total bummer. So you can avoid that really, really easily by showing your developer your mockups before you show your clients. That way, if there is something like this that would be an upcharge, you guys can talk about it and you can either, you know, cover the cost for your client, talk to your client about it first, or just totally remove it before your client gets all excited about it and then, you know, has to be brought back down to earth with like a $200 upcharge or something like that. So it's a little extra step. You might have to add an extra day to your process to get final approval, but it's definitely worth it to show your developer mockups before they go to your clients. So a quick recap for today's episode is basically just that communication is the absolute key when you are working with a developer. Everybody, all three parties want the project to be successful and no one's gonna mind answering a few questions if it means that things are done right. So keeping everyone updated on the same page will ensure that everyone is happy, has equal understanding and that you have an amazing project to show off in your portfolio afterwards. So your action steps for today are if you've worked with a developer before, I want you to think back and kind of take note of what things could have gone more smoothly and what you could have done differently. And then whether or not you've partnered with a developer before, I want you to plan a process for your next or first project that you work with a developer on and think about things like communication, setting expectations and delivering content, make a list of things that you want to talk about and steps you want to make sure you take throughout the project. Thank you so much for listening. For show notes, past episodes, and more information about the two of us, visit us online at getbacktodesign.co. If you enjoyed today's show, it would mean the world to Krista and I if you take two minutes to head on over to iTunes and leave a review. While you're there, don't forget to subscribe so you can be the first to know when new episodes are available. Now put what you learned into action so you can streamline and grow your business, ditch the code, and get back to design.